Welcome to The Skin Reel, your guide to all things skincare, skin health, beauty, and more, curated by dermatologists and true skin experts. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Alice Mina. I'm a double board certified dermatologist and dermatologic surgeon with over a decade of clinical experience. If you're looking for real, practical, unhyped skincare guidance and expertise, or you just think the skin is really cool, then you're in the right spot. I'm so glad you've tuned in to The Skin Reel. Now let's dive in because this is how dermatologists talk skin. Hi everyone, quick disclaimer here before we start. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. If you're looking for help on your skin journey, please check out the American Academy of Dermatology's website, aad.org, where you can search their database for dermatologists near you. It is so important that you have someone in your corner who's well-trained, licensed, and board-certified who can help you make decisions when it comes to your skin health. Okay, got it? Great. Now for the fun stuff. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of The Skin Reel. This week, I am really excited to be having a discussion with one of my colleagues that I have actually known since before I even was a dermatologist. We actually met on the interview trail applying for residency programs many, many years ago. But joining me this week is Dr. Anthony Rossi. He is a board-certified dermatologist and Mohs surgeon practicing in New York City at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, which is actually one of my alma maters. And he is also on faculty at Cornell Medical School. And when he is not busy treating skin cancer patients and taking care of patients in his clinical practice, he is also doing really important research work, especially with cancer survivors, and has also created his own skincare line. So I am really excited to be delving in why dermatologist-led skincare matters and how it can really save you time and save your skin and a lot of headache and help you avoid a lot of trial and error and even maybe a misdiagnosis. So stay tuned for a really great episode. Dr. Rossi, thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to be here. It's so good to see you. We look the same since interviewed. So Nothing's really changed. <laughs> Absolutely. You wouldn't be able to tell all those years have gone by. <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> the magic of dermatology. Yeah, it really works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we sort of know about skincare and skin health in depth because of all our training and it's what we do day in and day out. And we're also both skin cancer surgeons. But what is dermatologist-led skincare? It's a great question. And I think people forget that dermatologists also really have this passion about topical skincare, or I like to say medical-grade skincare, because for dermatologists, we're looking at skincare from a real biological perspective, right? It's not just creams or lotions that you're putting on your skin and sitting on there. We think about actives, how they interact with the different skin cells and the different layers of the skin and what receptors they might be working on. So for me, a dermatologist-led skincare is encompassing the science that we learn in training and in med school, how we know it all interacts with the body and how it interacts with the environment and putting those all together to give real topical formulations that people can get over the counter, but that actually produce results, right? And so for me, that means dermatology, like skincare also has like clinical trials behind it. 
like real patient proven results. That's so important. And as dermatologists, we're treating the skin. The skin is a living organ, right? I think people sometimes think, oh, the skin, it's just how you look is just aesthetics. And that is a component, but your skin health is really so much more. And when you have a dermatologist leading the way with your skincare health and plan, what's going to work for me is going to work for you, right? And if someone has rosacea, they're going to need different topicals and actives than someone with acne or someone with eczema and other skin conditions. So I always like to also tell my patients and listeners that skincare isn't one size fits all. And you really need to know what skin type you have and what you're trying to treat. What is your goal? And not to just put anything and everything on your face that you hear about, right? You hit the nail on the head. So, so many patients of mine come in and they're like, oh, I have rosacea. You know, I learned about it online and, and my skin's always red. And I was like, well, you know, you are inflamed, but it doesn't mean that you necessarily have rosacea. I'm like, let's talk about what you're putting on your skin. And they're, they're putting like 15 different things on their skin because they heard about this beauty routine and they're really inflaming their skin, right? They're causing inflammation just from excessive retinols or excessive vitamin C or excessive UV exposure. And they're not using sunscreen. And both you and I know, because we deal with so much skin cancer, how important just even a daily sunscreen is. So I have really come up with this idea of inflama and being sensitized and inflama aging. And I'm really like researching into this. And that's what my skincare is based around because I think we are overdoing it just with not only the environmental exposures that we're getting, but things that we're coming into contact or things that from the environment that are interacting with our skin on a daily basis. That's a great point. And if you're not thinking about those things, how maybe smoking affects your skin, or if you live in a city, a lot of pollution. And again, of course, sun exposure. I always tell my patients, if you aren't going to sun protective, you're not going to wear sunscreen. There are not enough actives out there to undo that damage. And I would say same with smoking too, and pollution. People worry about benzene in their dry shampoo, but we're exposed to benzene from cars and traffic on a daily basis. So we have all of those things to contend with as well. Yeah, exactly. And like, of course, like we always start with diet and lifestyle, right? If you're smoking or if you're not using topical sunscreen, then again, like you said, all the actives in the world aren't going to make a difference because of the damage that you're occurring every day. So I'm totally right there with you. So I think for us, it's a, a lot about education, right? Like every day we see patients and we're doing a lot of education throughout. That's one of the fun things about dermatology. We get to talk with our patients, we get to educate. And obviously you and I both enjoy doing that. That's why I'm doing this podcast and you're here on it as well. That education is so important. And especially nowadays, we preach, see a board certified dermatologist, have a true skin expert help you with your skincare. But it's hard for a lot of people who maybe don't live in big cities like we do, or even if you do, right, it's hard to see a dermatologist, a true board certified dermatologist. There are not enough of us out there to treat the population who need us. So part of why I'm doing this podcast, and I know why you've created a skincare lining and you do a lot of education too, is to help educate people so that you can have some of this knowledge that we'd be given to you as patients without having to actually come in and see us. Exactly. And I think your platform is so important because how many times have we seen people come in with TikTok trends, like putting lemon on their face, which is like a weak acid or using petrolatum and sitting out in the sun and getting like blistering sunburns. And 
we're just cringing because we, we see this on TikTok and, you know, the amount of misinformation out there is a lot. I mean, there's some good information out there. Don't get me wrong, but there's a lot of misinformation. And, you know, we're hoping like to change that with the, the stem of like dermatology led influencers. Yeah, I think that's so important. And it's definitely a something new for me to be sort of putting myself out there for sure. But you can just reach so many more people outside the four walls of your clinic when you do share information. So I would say for people listening, look at who is giving you the information, right? So there's nothing wrong with getting dermatology information on social media, YouTube, etc. But who's giving you that information? And is there sort of a slant or an agenda? Is it maybe a paid partnership or are they really trained in what they are discussing? So again, just make sure, like with everything, right? Just dig a little deeper and make sure you know where the source is. Yeah, even where it's like natural or organic, all for that. But we have to be like, have a keen eye on like what's natural and what's organic. You know, poison ivy is natural. I always tell my patients, but it'll cause a wicked dermatitis. <laughs> yeah. Right. You don't want to rub it all over yourself. So here are some things, and we see this a lot. We see contact sensitizers, irritants, allergic contact dermatitis, to just very commonly occurring ingredients. And that was something I was really passionate about is that identifying things that you and I both know are really common allergic contact sensitizers or irritants, and then taking those out of the formulations. That's what I did because it's hard to do, actually. Like a lot of chemists don't like removing those common ingredients because they're stabilized and they're easy to use. And we know that they're sort of are able to solubilize other active ingredients. So for me, that was like one of the hardest parts of formulating these from the ground up is because I wanted to take out all the formaldehyde releasers that were used as preservatives or fragrances or dyes that we know can sometimes cause irritant or allergic contact in It's so true. Just because it says natural, right, does not mean it's totally 100% safe. And I also to joke, well, botulinum toxin is actually natural, right? You know, there's a whole variety of things that are natural, but just because something is natural doesn't necessarily mean it's never going to cause any problems. I can use this, no big deal. And again, if you have a dermatologist sort of helping and guide you, and I always tell my patients, I mean, I keep it really, really basic with my skincare. I mean, it's kind of laughable and people sometimes don't believe me, but I just really don't like to spend a lot of time putting on things on my skin and I don't like the feel of a lot of things. And what I just find is that just simple and sometimes just sensible, it's not as sexy as selling the latest, greatest craze. And so sometimes that gets overlooked, but I think just having a sensible skincare regimen where you are using select and specific actives that are going to have a benefit in your skin. And not every active is necessary for everyone, right? Totally. I mean, again, like you and I are on the same wavelength because people will be like, oh, I need to have like a retinol and I need to have a vitamin C. And I, need to, I was like, look, no, you need to keep it simple, right? Compliance is the most important, like we know. Yeah. As long as you're using something on a regular basis and you have this sort of routine, it doesn't have to be complicated. And in fact, I think People overuse retinol because they're putting it all around their eyes. And that's a very irritating area for a retinol. Even vitamin C can be a weak acid, right? And so if they're putting too much, they're coming out with inflammation and burn. So I really try to like tear it down, get to the root of like 
what they're trying to achieve? Is it more of a rejuvenating their skin? Is it more calming down inflammation? Or is it acne? Or just like overall good health, good skin health and longevity. So we really try to get to that goal in mind and then build from there. Yeah. So it sounds like when someone comes and sees you, you sort of sit down with them and figure out what's really their goal, right? How invested or how simple do they want to be, right? I mean, I don't think you and I have time to do 15 steps before we leave the house. You know? Yeah. So we want to get to the point of it, of course, and then always incorporate, you know, a active ingredient, an active peptide, and then plus sunscreen before you leave the house. Yeah. So actually, can you kind of take a step back? So hey, someone comes to see you in your office, they want you to help them with a skincare routine and they are wanting to keep it fairly simple, but they are interested in some anti-aging or some actives to kind of maintain healthy skin. Walk us through how you approach that patient. Sure. So I always like to take photos and go through sort of the digital images with them. You know, we can zoom in, we can see like what they're looking at, what they see versus what I see. Because, you know, we both know that sometimes that perception is quite different, right? Like what what we hone in on and what we think of versus what they are. So we always start with sort of a 2D digital image and we can zoom in and then we look at it together. And for me, I'm always worried about sun protection, right? Because we know that UV is sort of the main driver of extrinsic photo aging. So both UVA and UVB. So that's always like my feel is that we have to have a sunscreen. I prefer the physical blockers like zinc and titanium dioxide because I think they're less sensitizing. But I could understand like why some people would want a chemical sunscreen. And again, compliance is key, right? So if they're going to use it every day, it doesn't matter whether it's physical or chemical. We just want them to use it every day. So that's how I start. And then I also talk to them about their goals and how their skin has behaved in the past, right? Have they tried a retinol? And if they've been irritated from it, maybe they were using it incorrectly, right? Maybe they were using it twice a day, every day. And you and I both know you need to titrate up to that. Sort of a stepwise approach. And maybe they were using retinol plus vitamin C and they were just getting super irritated. So I try to start from the basics and then just work our way. I like to prescribe topical retinoids, but just on a very small as needed once or twice per week to really give them that sort of cellular turnover, but incorporated into their skincare over the counter that they're using. And I want to make sure they're not using a topical retinoid that we prescribe plus like a retinol over the counter because that would be like two months. So Again, just trying to educate the differences and what they actually need versus what marketing tells them. I love a prescription strength retinoid if people can tolerate it. And I find if they are starting with a low dose and a very small amount and just a few times a week that actually most people can tolerate it. And when they're having problems because they're not using it appropriately or they're using too much. And again, if I can sort of talk them through it and, and let them know, yeah, you are going to get dryness. And actually, when you do get a little bit of dryness, it means it's actually working. So that usually helps them see the endpoint and see the goal. And I totally agree with you on consistency and sticking with the plan. I think too often, I know we're all impatient, right? We want immediate results. I want to eat a salad for two days and lose 10 pounds, right? <laughs> And it's just not going to happen. So this is part of the education, right? That a lot of times we see images and advertisements promising quick fixes. 
And again, your skin is a living organism. It is not going to flip the switch overnight for most things. I mean, maybe some procedures, yes. But for most skincare issues and starting topical regimens, you're not going to see that overnight. Wow. It's going to take time. It's like losing weight. In the beginning, you just got to stick with it. It kind of sucks in the beginning. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard. You got to remember to do it. But if you stick with it, you really will reap the benefits. And people, I think, are too quick to say that didn't work, push it aside and try the next thing and not really give it the longevity it needs. Yeah, I try to explain that to people. Like As we age, it actually takes our cells longer to turn over. So our skin actually takes longer to turn over as we're getting older. And so maybe when we were teenagers and in our 20s, our skin was turning over sort of every four weeks. And we'd see like changes maybe quicker. But now as we age, it takes longer and you may need six weeks, you may need eight weeks to see. So we really have to give it a go, like you said, and stick with it. But also know that the skin is a regenerative organ, right? Like we don't have that many organs that will regenerate itself. And the skin is like one of those. And I think that's why you and I love dermatology, right? Like it's a fascinating organ and the cells can do so much. We have stem cells in our skin that can sort of turn on and turn off and regenerate. We can we can fix hyperpigmentation or hypopigmentation. And there's so many cool tips and tricks that we can give our patients the level of trust and sort of like commitment has to be there from the patient. Another reason why I'm a big fan of dermatologist-led skincare, because it's about creating a relationship. This is a patient-physician relationship that you want to have sort of for the long term and see the changes and be able, okay, well, that worked or this happened when I used that. What should I do next? And that's why I love dermatology is that relationship that I get to have with my patients. It's not just a one-time visit, here's your cream, have a nice life that I actually get to see them back, see them change. And also your skincare needs are going to change with different seasons of your life, whether you're in your 20s, maybe your 30s, and maybe pregnancy, you're going to have different needs. And then now into your 40s have different needs and so on. So again, if you're lucky enough to find someone that you connect with and have a good relationship, I think that's just gold and really super beneficial, not just for the patients, but I get a lot of reward out of that as well. Oh, me too. Yeah, for sure. And I just think it's so nice to see someone through and see how their skin adapts and evolves and like how we can really improve their skin over time. I mean, definitely it all takes time, but it's nice to have and and build that relationship. And, you know, one thing with the skincare line and your podcast is that we get to reach even more people than we could just on a daily basis, which is so nice. I love that. What are some of the hazards for not seeing a dermatologist? Say you're getting your skincare guidance elsewhere. What could go wrong with that? Or could anything go wrong? I mean, so many things could go wrong. For me, it's like, I'm all about efficiency and, you know, you want to get to the root cause of the issue, right? And sometimes we do see a delay, right? People have so much, they're doing so much trial and error and they're doing so much at-home tinkering and sort of wasting money on products that don't really work or might be even causing more inflammation or more irritation in their skin. And it's not really until they come into the office and get a really a full analysis that they're actually getting help. And so there's a lot of time wasted. You know, you and I probably have both seen also patients who have gone and certain things lasered by non-dermatologists. And in fact, it was not really a hyperpigmentation with a melanoma. And that's scary. 
Yeah, I just saw one of those that had been lasered numerous times and ultimately uh, was a melanoma, unfortunately. Yeah. And, you know, I've seen that as well. And it's, it's always a scenario where you're like, I mean, obviously we'll, we'll take care of you from now on. Right. And we'll we'll do our best to make sure it's gone. But it's also something that could have been prevented by just being a board certified dermatologist up front. Right. Because, again, not everything that's a brown spot or a red spot is benign. Skin cancer is the most common cancer in the world. Right? It affects more people than any other cancer. So we have to have that. And with all the amount of sun exposure, UV exposure, travel, going to the beach, we need to be aware of it. We have a, a good esthetician in Atlanta who I have referred patients to, and, and she's really good about seeing something that doesn't look right and giving me a call and having them come in to get it evaluated, or she'll do that before a treatment. And so I think having that relationship too is important that if you are a non-dermatologist and you're treating these patients, if something doesn't look right or it looks funny, not responding, get an expert involved, get a biopsy, have someone else evaluate it because the worst thing would be a delay in a diagnosis of especially a skin cancer that's potentially fatal. So yeah, that's certainly like the extreme, right? But also it's just time wasted for patients. You're sitting at home trying things, kind of spinning your wheels, nothing's getting better. And instead of just getting to the root cause right away. And I also see patients come in with, they think they have eczema or they think they have some rash, but really it's from all their products, like just using way too many actives and exfoliants and their skin barrier is just raw. They've been told it's eczema or they've Googled it's eczema and they're thinking they need a topical steroid, but really what they need to do is just kind of cut back on everything and just really keep it, keep it simple. So that's another, I love being able to tell someone, actually, you don't have this medical condition. <laughs> You're just using too many products. I tell them you're actually sensitizing yourself. So there's a difference, right? Like some people have sensitive skin, sort of an eczematous background, like atopic dermatitis. They sort of one with that. Their genetics are predisposing them to that. And then some people just are sensitizing themselves because like you said, they're just using so many products that they're destroying their skin barrier, their epidermal function, right? Which is to protect our skin and our dermis. And so they're sort of compromising that and they're just leading to this chronic cycle of sensitization and irritation. And that's a lot what I focus on with the line because the active is actually a peptide that targets a receptor in the skin that calms down skin sensitization. And I think because we're so inundated with so many choices and products, we really need to focus on the skin barrier and making sure that our patients aren't using too many things that would sensitize. We have so many choices nowadays and we have so much information. The problem isn't necessarily lack of information or finding out about that. It's just making sure you're getting the right information. You know, it's like drinking water out of a fire hose, right? It's so much, it's hard to know what to believe, who to believe and what you really need. So. Again, having a dermatologist kind of in your corner helping you can be really impactful. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like your roadmap to a nice journey of skin health, right? So partnering with the dermatologist is a great thing. It's like going to see your dentist, right? I mean, I love going to see my dentist because I, like, I know I'm, I'm improving my, the, the health of my teeth. I love going to see my dermatology friends, like getting their opinion too, right? It's like you need that critical eye. You need that sort of background of science and medicine really incorporate it all. And so it's something that everyone should do. I think everyone should really like try to focus in on their skin. And like, it's not 
it's not a luxury. It's a part of our health. And it's also not just aesthetics, right? Again, your skin, it's an organ system. And when your skin barrier is raw and broken and damaged, you are at increased risk of infections and scarring. So it's more than just aesthetics and cosmetics. You could care less about anti-aging and all that, but still impactful to see a dermatologist to know about sun protection and making sure you don't have a skin cancer and making sure you're using just a good basic skincare routine. Forget about retinols and retinoids if that's not your jam, right? And even like I, you know, we do aesthetics as well in cosmetic dermatology, but not all of that is just aesthetics. My old fellow had put out a paper recently showing how the effects of a fractional laser can actually help prevent skin cancer going forward because like we're resurfacing the skin and we're killing sort of those dead skin cells that aren't doing much and helping the skin and pushing the skin to regenerate. And actually those patients were found in the study to have a lower rate of skin cancer going forward. Yeah. Which is amazing, right? Like from a simple resurfacing laser treatment, I mean, it's not really simple. There is downtime, but when done by a dermatologist who knows what they're doing, it can be a really great treatment. And so people just think that's okay. That's for wrinkles or lines, but in reality, it's for skin health. So I encourage my patients who have a lot of skin cancers, but who also want some cosmetic benefits or like think about fractional resurfacing lasers or, you know, a fractional non-ablative as well. That was a really interesting study. I think as dermatologists, right, we had sort of thought that might be happening, given the fact that it's removing portions of the skin and stimulating healing. And it's great to see that actually reported with data in the literature. And you bring up a good point. A lot of what we do, there is a lot of overlap between aesthetics with dermatology. It's hard to treat dermatologic conditions without having a little focus of aesthetics because someone who has really bad eczema or psoriasis or acne, those are medical conditions, right? But they are bothered because people look at them and maybe recoil or they think they're contagious or they're worried they're not going to get that job promotion because of how they look. And so there is overlap between that and our specialty. And it's hard to tease out just one or the other. And a lot of times, they can be a good mix. I recommend retinols for patients just to not only help with anti-aging, but for my acne patients too. So there definitely is that overlap. And as dermatologists, we are poised to really be able to take care of the medical as well as the cosmetic aspect of that. Yeah, I think that's what makes our field so cool is like there is really this blending of both medical issues, but also because we see our skin every day and we that it's part of our self-identity, there's really this also aesthetic component. And even myself, I work at a cancer center. And one of the amazing things about medicine now is that people who have cancer are living like long, fruitful lives and they're living with the cancer or eating it. So in reality, we're dealing now as dermatologists with the sequelae of those treatments whether it's like radiation or chemotherapy or surgery. And so I'm doing a clinical trial right now of using PRP to regrow hair in women who are taking endocrine therapy or chemotherapy for breast cancer. We know breast cancer is the most common cancer in the female population. And so hair loss is a big issue. There's a huge stigma around it, psychosocial. And so I've been doing this clinical trial to use PRP, which is like an autologous blood product from our own cells harvesting those platelets and injecting them and showing good results. Like we know PRP works in the non-cancer population, but we're now utilizing it in patients who have active diagnoses of cancer. 
That's super cool. Certainly women who go through breast cancer, they already feel stigmatized, like they're losing maybe their womanness or their femininity if they have to have a mastectomy. And then to lose your hair on top of that can be really just a soccer punch to the gut. So that's really cool. And yeah, I definitely think we're in such a fun field. We can really make a difference in our patients' lives and with life-saving treatments, but also just helping them feel more confident, feel better about themselves and lead more full lives. So that's one of the things I really love about our field. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, we get to really blend those two worlds together because in reality, the skin is not only something aesthetic, but it's functional, right? So there's like a whole functional and aesthetic interplay. And I think improving the form and function improves the look of it as well. So they all sort of go hand in hand. Again, we're in really big cities, right? And there are tons of dermatologists where we are. What would you recommend to someone who maybe isn't even in this country or wants to get good derm advice? What should they do? Where should they go? Of course, I'll, I'll plug our American Academy of Dermatology and I can uh, leave their website in the show notes, it's aad.org slash fine-a-derm. And if you're at least in the US, you can type in the doctor's name or you can search by your zip code to find a board certified dermatologist in your area. But say, excluding that, what do you recommend for people who want to get good derm advice? What should they do? Yeah, no, I think, of course, like seeing our national organizations like the AAD, the ASCS, it's super important, like, you know, our international colleagues in other countries, they also have their national professional organizations. So I think that's a great point. Like you can always start there. Definitely if you want like more practical advice, going to someone like you who has their own podcast, who is a dermatologist who's actually practicing as seeing patients. I can't underscore how important it is. Like if you're going to go online and look at digital content, I mean, go to a creator that's actually seeing patients, right? Because you and I both know seeing patients is different than just reading a textbook, right? Patients behave differently. You're like you could give the textbook sort of answer, but in real life, it works differently. So I think it's really important. Like for you, you're giving advice because you see this every day. You're doing this every day. You're seeing patients. And you know what works and what doesn't work or what you can tweak. And so when people are looking at like digital content, I really think they need to have a critical eye as well, right? Like you said, there's sponsorships and branding, of course, but look at someone who is like actually seeing patients every day and understands how to treat patients. That's so true. Medicine, it's a science, yes, but it's also an art. And just because one thing worked on one patient, sometimes it doesn't work on another patient or they get a different response. So actually being at the forefront, like taking care of patients day in and day out like we are, that really changes how I practice. I see what works, what doesn't. And yeah, definitely attending our, our meetings and speaking at these meetings, just always trying to gain more information for ourselves too is really impactful. So that, that's great advice, like getting advice from someone who actually is taking care of patients is great advice. So really appreciate that. Yeah. And like, I learned a lot from my patients too, right? Because they're giving us feedback all the time. Like, they're like, this cream worked, this didn't, this stung my face, this didn't, you know? So it's, it's that we're learning too, like every day. And that's the beauty of our job. We're lifelong learners, you know? Totally. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Dr. Rossi. Where can our viewers follow you if they want to reach out to you and see what you're up to? Sure. So my website is Rossi Germ, M-D, R-O-S-S-I. 
D-R-M-M-D.com. But I'm also on Instagram at Dr. Anthony Rossi and at Rossi D. So those are all my channels and my YouTube, I'm building it. So <laughs> it will come. Yeah. Hey, stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this has been awesome. Thank you for having me. It's great to see you. I know it's fun to connect. And I know our listeners got a lot of value out of that hearing from a board certified dermatologist, a Mohs surgeon, and also someone, a skincare line creator who really knows the science. So this has been great. And we'll see everyone next week. Thank you so much for listening to The Skin Reel. I hope it's been informative, educational, and perhaps a little entertaining. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share with a friend. Don't want to stop your learning just yet? Head on over to theskinreel.com for show notes, blog posts, and so much more. Until next time, skin friends.